and Kloysar to episode 107 of Alternative Wales, the podcast. It's that time once again. Our season preview podcast is here. Uh, we talk to fans of each of the five Welsh clubs playing in the English system Um about how the squads are shaping up, what their expectations are, and uh, yeah, what's going on at the club ahead of the new season. Um, so to do that, we've got Barney Lloyd of You Jack Podcast to talk about Swansea. We've got Jamie Harris of the 1912 Exiles to talk Newport County. Uh, we've got our very own Tommy Kaus to talk about Wrexham's return to the EFL. We've got Tom Phillips from View from the Ninian to discuss Cardiff. And we've got Lewis Moore of the Disturbed District to talk about Merthyr. Um, as always, uh, a wide range of expectations um, and issues facing each of the clubs going into the new season. Uh, but they will tell you more about that uh, during their section. Um just from me, basically, before we start, is this tends to be one of our uh, most popular podcasts of the season. Uh, we tend to get higher listeners, higher number of listeners um, listening to this pod uh, than a lot of other ones. So if you're new here or if you're a bit of a casual listener and you've just popped on to sort of find out what's going on at the club you might support and the other Welsh um, clubs, then uh, stick around maybe. Uh, there's something for everyone. We discussed the wide, you know, a wide range of topics um, throughout Welsh football, you know, from the international teams all the way down to, uh, you know, the domestic game, um, the women's team, uh, the professional clubs, everything. We try and cover as much as possible every week um, with um, a mixture of uh, nonsense and a uh, bit of fun. You know, it's it's a light-hearted thing. So yeah, stick around if you um, if you enjoy this podcast. Uh, we'll be back next week uh, with our Cymru Premier. Uh, predictions um, and a preview pod ahead of the start of that season so yeah tune in next week for that uh, and I'll leave you in the capable hands of um, of our guests um, so strap in enjoy uh, thank you for listening and don't forget the best way to support the podcast is to buy something from alternativewales.com forward slash shop the pre-order for issue 11 of the magazine will be uh, coming next week, so keep an eye out for that. Uh, uh enjoy the pod. Uh, I'm now joined by Swansea City fan Barney Lloyd. Uh, Barney, welcome back to the pod. Thank you very much, man. Really good to be back. Yeah, um, a weird summer for Swansea, as always, seems to be um, the general trend with these things. Um, I think last time we spoke, Russell Martin hadn't officially left, but there was a lot of talk of him leaving. Um, it was the manager saga that seemed to go on for months, it felt like, um, until finally a decision was made and he left for Southampton. Before we get on to his replacement and um, the summer business, what were your initial thoughts? Because you were leaning, you were quite a fan of Martin last time we spoke, from what I remember. I was, yeah, I still am. I, I think the the funniest thing about that was, yeah, I sat down with you just after the season ended. And I think um, all I wanted, I think all I said uh, my ambition was, was a nice quiet summer, you know, ideally keep the manager, not too much upheaval, a few faces through the door. And that, that seemed like such a reasonable kind of ambition to have. Mm. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, it was, it was like announced really shortly after that that... Um, 
you know, Russell Martin was going to go. Um, I think uh, he was due to fly to America to meet the, um, the some of the new board members. Uh, uh, that trip never kind of went ahead. Um, and you thought, oh, OK, well, maybe they're, they're sort of not sure if, if uh, Martin was the man to sort of lead us on a, a kind of promotion push with a, a year left in his contract. But yeah, as you said, I mean, I think the most frustrating thing about all that was was just this kind of really weird sort of quiet period in between I, like I don't think I've, I've seen anything like that really where I think it was it was over a month between the the sort of official announcements and and uh you know seeing him holding up a, a Southampton shirt it was it was really odd you didn't really sort of know how to prepare and, and I mean I, we'll talk about the new manager in a bit but um I'm pleasantly surprised we got someone through the door because we were we were haggling over quite a small amount of compensation. And I thought, God, this is just going to go on till mid-August, going to completely derail the summer. Mm. Luckily, that didn't happen. But yeah, I mean, just a really stressful time for everybody, all of us sort of at home pulling out our hair, to be honest. Yeah, I guess, you know, absolutely. The, the way it dragged on, there was probably worry in a lot of Swansea fans' minds that um, it could derail the preparations, but obviously seen as it was sort of the best, uh, the, the the worst kept secret um, in, in South Wales at the time, um, Michael Duff was quickly in through the door to replace him. Um, hmm. First and foremost, what did you make of him being the replacement? Had a good record with Barnsley, had a good record with Cheltenham. Um, I, I've always thought he was a really good manager and someone I would have liked to see in Cardiff bring in. Um, Swansea mm. being the club that they are, who um, demand quite a lot uh, from style of play. Did he tick your boxes when his name was mentioned and then brought in? Yeah, he did. No, yeah, it's interesting you, you mentioned that because I mean there was a few names banded around which which didn't seem that sort of appealing. Uh, we weren't the most proactive with that for obvious reasons because of the whole Martin situation. But yeah, he came in and it was. I could very quickly see why he was a good fit. He wasn't kind of, he didn't seem like the most like archetypal Swansea manager when he came in. But yeah, I mean, his press conference, as you can imagine, a lot of questions um, were on his style, what sort of a Michael Duff team looks like. Um, and yeah, I thought, to be honest, he he handled that really well. He's not quite the same as Russell Martin, who's this very so, sort of magnetizing speaker. And you think, oh yeah, straight away, I can see what the philosophy was. You know, he's very much like a, a Duff that was, sort of uh, battered away a lot of talk about philosophy. You know, he said, I'd rather sort of have 60% of the ball and win one nil than, you know, we have 80% of the ball and draw nil nil. And, and I think that sort of resonated. I think it's given the circumstances a, a really good sort of combination of somebody who I think will genuinely endeavour to play good football, but maybe can kind of mix it up a bit, uh, you know, sort of a la Steve Cooper where, Maybe the football aesthetic took a bit of a knock, but we were picking up points where it didn't always look like we would. You know, I think that was the big criticism of, of Martin was you, you'd look unbelievable at times, but mm. lose games where it was impossible to, or looked impossible to lose. I, I sound like I'm really changing my tune now and I am a big, <laughs> uh, you know, Martin fan, but yeah, I could, I could see from Andy Coleman, the chairman, he was sort of made numerous comments about him being a, a winner, you know, a real character sort of leader of men so yeah it was it was very easy to see how he ticked a lot of boxes and um I think in a very different way to Martin I think he will 
become this sort of very uh, Swansea-esque manager, even if the football, you wouldn't necessarily associate him as, you know, real ticky-tacker on the floor, constantly mm. sort of manager. But yeah, short answer is I'm very, uh, very pleased with what I've seen so far. I mean, looking at Twitter and and obviously Twitter isn't the greatest way to, um, you know, take a temperature check of a fan base because it usually is full of terrible takes by idiots. <laughs> um, but from the outside looking in, it already seems there only seems to be knives out for Michael Duff based on <laughs> preseason results. Not clapping the fans, I think, was one thing that was leveled oh, at him, God. which is yeah. just the classic sort of um, thing that usually happens, you know, later in the season when um, things are starting to to sour. But is that a case of a, a vocal minority, or do you think he's got some way to go to win the fans over, as opposed to maybe Russell Martin did? That's a really good question, and it's really hard to answer because even Martin, who's you know incredibly popular, was also you know one of the first to become like a real scapegoat when things were going badly. You know, last season we didn't win for two months, and again it was the predictable knives out. But yeah, I mean it was it was really weird seeing people already sort of turning on him. To be fair, I seem to see more Swansea fans on Twitter complaining about overreaction than I did. Yeah, see actual overreaction, which is quite nice. But um, yeah, I mean, you know, fan bases on on Twitter at the best of times are are a little bit kind of polarized. And, and I have to say, from maybe I'm just my own sort of biases, but it looks like from a from a Swansea fan perspective, we we particularly seem to love a a real moan and and uh, you know really hard to please bunch at times. But um, yeah, I mean, so we we lost at, at Oxford, didn't look fantastic, lost two nil. At home to Bristol Rovers the other night, um, but yeah, then we won four 0 at Reading, and suddenly it was like, look, he's he's back, he's clapping <laughs> the fans, we're 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 scoring four goals. Uh, it's kind of predictable, but it's always a little bit disheartening, isn't it? Going on on Twitter yeah. and seeing fans just one way or another just going a little mad. But no, I, I think I think um, ultimately the best way for him to to win over any any skeptics is obviously to get get wins on the board. He, I I think because he's as I say, a little different to Martin. He's not a huge talker. He doesn't really like talking about himself, talking about his philosophy. He doesn't like getting pigeonholed into to style. He seems quite understated. I don't. I get the sense he doesn't really like the limelight. So yeah, of course it's a bit of a transition. But yeah, I've no doubt with a, a few wins on the board, we'll all be sort of singing from the same sort of hymn sheet. Yeah, absolutely. Um, as always with Swansea, um, this summer and any transfer window is um defined more by who leaves the clubs uh, the club rather than who joins the club this summer hasn't been too bad uh, obviously losing Ryan Mann in on a free transfer which i think Swansea fans had come to um come to accept i think quite a few months ago didn't they mm, um absolutely. just typical that he ended up at Southampton with Russell Martin mm-hmm. um Joe Latabodier gone um and it looks i think by the time this pod comes out um Olivia and Cham would probably have left the club I think he's going to where was he going Turkey was it so that was yeah was that dead in the water as it stands well that was um you never like to be too timely with with, with podcasts because it's like you know what it's like we'll chat now we'll we'll come yeah. off recording and everything will have gone completely tits up but um as far as I know uh reports of, of a move to Turkey are kind of wider the mark um I'm sure we'll come on to, to Joel Perot, but that seems to sort of change all the time. Um, but yeah, so far, before I 
I get onto your question. It looks like Encham's staying, but I mean, God knows we're we're talking at the end of July, and and yeah. there's a whole other month left in there. Exactly, um, and that whole other month uh, will no doubt be dominated as as Swansea transfer windows seem to be in the last few years about whether Joel Perot will stay. Last thing thing I saw yesterday was Tom Coleman from Wales Online reporting that he will stay. There hasn't really been any substantial offers. Um, will he stay, or again, are we, is it just too early to to tell at the moment? I was I was kind of resigned to him leaving. I was at the the start of the summer, and as we get to the end of the summer, I'm I'm still resigned. But yeah, I was like you. I saw that Tom Coleman uh, report yesterday, and I thought I have honestly no idea what to make of that. So I don't know if it was a tactic by the club to sort of you know, get clubs on on notice and start bidding what we deem an acceptable figure. Um, it, it's a really, really tricky one with him because there's one year left in his contract. We know how good he is. Um, and it's that thing. It's like, well, do you do you take a sort of lower offer as we did a few years ago with Joe Roden? Um, do we keep him? I mean, his representatives have, have made it very clear. Look, as of right now, he's got no intention of signing a contract. I don't know where the owners are at in terms of do they think well let's just rather than just buckling for a for a substantial fee as we love to do as a club we're not particularly proactive with our our people out the door and that's really come back to bite us over you know the last few years I think with Perot I think they've at this point it's like well we either get the fee probably around 15-20 million that we're after or at this point it's like we may as well keep him see if he can sort of spearhead a promotion push um and then, I don't know, maybe he signs a, a new contract or with the money that comes in from promotion, it looks like long-term a, a good bit of business, even if if we don't recoup a fee. But oh, it's such a big gamble, that. Mm. Um, clubs have tried to do that, like Ben Burton diaz is like the really obvious example that comes to my mind. I'm always, because I'm such a pessimist with these things, I'm like, what happens if he breaks his leg on the opening day, um, you know, and doesn't play for months on end? It. Uh, I honestly don't know. I, I think the club are a little bit kind of damned if they do, damned if they don't with him. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, where I'm at is I'm still resigned to him leaving. But I think if we're going to go down this road, you'd want it to be a kind of consistent policy where if we're holding out for a, a big fee, actually do that. You know, don't sort yeah. of um, don't wait till August the 31st and, and kind of lose a game of chicken and, and end up selling him for you know, five-ish million, because uh, then you'll you'll please nobody. So um, I appreciate it's a difficult one with him, but I mean, I don't know. Would I like to see him still, you know, stay with us for another season? Of course I would, but there's still, I mean, we spoke at the end of May and there were so many positions that need filling. It looks like there's going to be three boys coming through the door uh, on the day we we record. So again, another reason why it's, it's a nightmare recording this time of year, isn't it? But um yeah. <laughs> I still think we, I mean, Michael Duff said we probably needed about five or six players through the door. So if we have to fund that with a Perot sale, then I, yeah, I'd probably say just just do that, to be honest. Yeah. Well, you mentioned, you know, players through the door there, um, three in already. Jerry Yates, a striker from Blackpool, uh, Josh Ginley, a winger from Hearts, and Josh Key, a right back from Exeter. Josh Key is the standout for me, very highly rated from what I gather. Uh, mm. was probably one of the hot properties in the free agent market this summer um, in the Championship League One. That seems like a good sign-in, mainly because the Swansea right-back issue has just seemed to go on and on and on for years now, where you just haven't had a consistent right-back, and he seems to be the man who's going to fill that void. 
So this turned out to to not be a, a true statistic, but I read when he signed, it was the first uh, right back we'd signed um, since 2015, since we got Kyle Norton through the door. I can, everyone justifiably forgot about Kieran Freeman's really short time with us. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's it's like, it's that thing where you don't have to be an expert to, to look at it and think, yeah, there's, that's clearly an area and left back as well, to be fair at the moment, that needs strengthening. But yeah, Josh Key... Um, looks a really even in pre-season a really like fantastically versatile player bags of energy um one of the first things michael duff said when he came in was more sort of power in the team a little bit more pace and um over pre-season he's been running them ragged you get the sense it's going to be a lot more kind of high octane sort of press in football so yeah, of course. It reminds me of sort of Connor Roberts. What you want in that situation is just somebody who's going to run all day, just give one hundred and ten percent. So yeah, that that was a really good signing. Uh, Josh Janelli, you mentioned. We've, to be honest, uh, he's looked quite promising in terms of his record at Hearts, but we haven't seen a huge amount of him in preseason because he's been injured. And um, and Jerry Yates as well. Um, I'm really looking forward to seeing him. I guess potentially link up with with Perot, but. Yeah, I mean, fifteen goals in a in like a struggling Blackpool team last year, not not a very um, sort of Swansea City signing. We normally sort of will spend half of that on a player a bit younger uh, with a bit of resale value. I think um, getting somebody who's twenty six and doesn't seem to have a huge amount of of resale value to his name. I can't see us recouping like five times that that figure, but a proven goal scorer in the championship is, is great in, you know, in any team. So um, yeah, I, the, the policy seems to be very unlike us in, in all the sort of good ways. Um, and yeah, I think uh, with that and a, and a few more players through the door, there's still work to be done, but I can't believe I'm saying this, but I've actually been really impressed with um, the, the sort of policy of, of, and the people we've got in through the door so far. Yeah, because there's a few other rumours, some Premier League loans at the moment that I think seem pretty concrete, don't they, to happen. A goalkeeper that uh, his name is eluding me at the moment. Um, but yeah, what what else do you think Swansea need now in this last month of the window um, to, to, to strengthen the squad? How long have you got? No, I mean, yeah, uh, Carl Rushworth coming in as a goalkeeper is going to be great. Um, I think if all goes to plan... Uh, this week, we should have Harrison Ashby uh, right back coming in from Newcastle. Um, again, completely eludes me, but there's uh, talk of uh, the guy who's... I can't believe I'm forgetting his name. The guy who used to be left back for Birmingham. I'm going to kick myself after recording. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so but anyway, a few defensive bodies coming through the door. We're linked with a few defenders, but I don't know if that's because we're expecting bids for people like Nathan Wood. Um, I think it's just just bodies in there. To be honest, yeah. it's it's a, it's a hard qu- question to answer because right now I like the look of the the attacking situation. But then again, if Perot goes suddenly, that's a whole different scenario because you don't necessarily want Jerry Yates, you know, in his debut season leading the line for a club that's very much in in transition. I think just bodies in. We've played uh, preseason friendlies with um, you know a guy called Azim Abdullahi, who's a midfielder coming in through the. Um, you know, the the youth team and he's been playing at left wing back and you're like, well, that for me is just all the evidence I need that just bodies through the door. Uh, I, I think the we talked, didn't we, in, in the end of May about some of the money that the teams who have just come down will have to re-strengthen and, and also sell on. The, the real kind of 
question will be over 40 something games is if we've got enough depth to really push on so um i'm actually happy with the squad on paper you know you see on twitter don't you like everyone putting their ideal team in this time of year and and you look at anything actually like the 11 players you've got there look good but there's going to be injuries there's going to be suspensions there's going to be people having real shit bits of form so um yeah short answer is just a bit of depth would uh, would do me nicely great stuff the championship is notoriously hard to to call uh where swansea fall into the mix is particularly hard to call at the moment so from your perspective as a fan what do you think would be deemed as a successful season or like what is the minimum expectation from you i yeah, it's a really good question. And I'm sorry, I'm laughing because it's just every time I've been asked this around this time of year, I try and be cautious. And then last year I said we were getting promoted and I looked like an idiot <laughs> really quickly. Um, I, I think we'll finish sort of roughly about uh, where we did last year and took about sort of seventh, eighth. But I think it's going to look really different this year. I think actually we're going to look over the course of nine months more like a team with aspirations of, of promotion uh, I think again a lot of similarities with the Steve Cooper years where there will be games where we don't look our best we don't have as much of the ball but we pick up wins and, and draws in, in tough places but I think just looking at the the teams above us some of the budgets uh, some of the new managers I think we're probably going to fall a little short of, of uh, the promotion places but I mean our, our ownership has, has sort of ridiculous as they've looked with some of their decisions over the years the new chairman Andy Coleman seems you know very confident that that's the man to to bring in success in Michael Duff so so I think a lot of the things we'll do on paper will look quite good this year I don't think it's going to be too much of a a nightmare up and down season but do I think we've got enough to maybe do what someone like Luton or, or Coventry have done and and be a bit of a dark horse uh probably not I'd be very happy if I was wrong, but um, yeah, short answer is I think we'll look good, but I don't think we'll look good enough to get promoted, to be honest. you want to give me a um, league position prediction that I can uh, use against you at the end of the season to make you look absolutely. a bit silly? Absolutely. Of course, yeah, <laughs> absolutely, yeah. All right, let's 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 go with seventh, because that's a little bit more ambitious than I would have done. So why don't okay. we go for, well, we'll go for something that you can laugh at me next May, but I also don't look like a complete idiot as well. Maybe I will. Maybe we'll go down. And uh, yeah, no, let's go with seventh. Let's go with seventh. Okay, seventh, uh, sensible. I feel like seventh is the uh, the sort of the middle of the road pick for any championship club who <laughs> would be happy with a playoff push but but miss out. So uh, yeah, safe pick. Uh, right, like a safe idiot in nine months. Couldn't yeah, I? exactly. Um, right, a question I asked everyone last year before the start of the season, um, as is so much the case with. Um, with Welsh uh, football clubs, uh, is what could go wrong? Because for some reason, all five of the uh, the Welsh clubs playing in England um, never seem to be too far away from a crisis. So what could go wrong this year? We talked about, you know, everything going right, hopefully, and things going well, but, but put your sort of pessimist hat on and tell me, you know, where it could all fall apart. Oh, that's a great question because I am sort of an infuriatingly glass half full fan and I'm always <laughs> trying to sort of put out fires. Uh, oh God, what could go wrong? Um, do you know, we're clearly not very well run, but like we're, 
I, I think that our owners are probably just guilty of just being a little bit incompetent rather than uh, anything too catastrophic. You know, we're not going to change our our colours or anything like that. But uh, <laughs> I could see it. I could see us going on a mad trolley dash the other way and just selling all our prized assets for really cheap fees. August the thirty first, so everybody's all pissed off. Michael Duff doesn't have the team that he's after. Gets sacked and. Uh, you know that looked like a terrible pick. We're playing Southampton. God, I'm really firing off some <laughs> worst case scenarios now. We got Southampton away Boxing Day, so I have to watch big, lovely Russell Martin pummel us and ruin my Christmas. Uh, there's a lot that could go wrong in in just the you know, like I say, nine months of football. That's a really long time when you're not enjoying it. So let's go with what could go wrong. Um, or yeah, all our all the people who could get us promoted leave for the teams around us and just just play just some of the best football of their their season whenever we come to town <laughs> that always tends to be the way that uh, uh very good okay uh i don't think that'll happen but it is uh it is good to to sort of look into those possibilities yeah so swansea kick off this season on saturday at home to birmingham uh which will no doubt be a tough game um as the old cliche goes there are no easy games in the championship um, Barney, before you go, um, you've got a new Swansea podcast uh, that you started recently. Uh, do you want to give it a plug? Tell people what, where they can find it, uh, what it's all about, and um, why they should listen to it. Absolutely, yeah. So it's you, Jack, podcast. Uh, or great just name, at- by the way. Did, did Thank you. Me. Yeah, I'm hoping people will kind of shout it, uh, you know, in their heads rather than just say it normally. But uh, yeah, yeah at, we're at you, Jack, podcast on Twitter. We're on Spotify, and we're looking to bring it on to. Like iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, but we've been very lackluster in terms of our, our effort with that. And yeah, it's just two uh, two very glass half full, infuriating, optimistic Swansea fans. There's obviously myself and my co-host Luke, who's uh, who's Australian. Which you know, if if nothing else, you can hear a Swans fan with a funny accent. Uh, you know, just trying to trying to stay glass half full. He's currently down in Australia, so we, we're aware there's lots of other Swansea podcasts, but you know. Do they have one of the hosts in Australia bringing you all the content? You know, I don't know. We're we're aiming it at other Swansea fans. But you know what? If you're a fan of the other Welsh clubs, we're probably going to sell a lot of our players on deadline day. I'm convinced uh, we can't just keep beating Cardiff, you know, so we'll probably lose at least one of the derbies this season. So, So come along, have a listen to us probably having a meltdown at some point. You know, you might just... Have a laugh at our expense, but yeah, that's where to find us on uh, on Twitter, on Threads, on Instagram. Come and have a listen if you want. Great stuff. Uh, yeah, that's what all good podcasts are for: is to laugh at the um, the presenters when they're having breakdowns. Um, so yeah, <laughs> um, thanks again, Barney, and uh, I'll speak to you soon. Cheers, mate. I'm now joined by Jamie Harris from the 1912 Exiles podcast, which is a Newport County uh, fan podcast. Jamie, welcome to the pod, your debut in place of uh, Ed, who normally comes on. Yeah, thanks for having me. Great to be here. Good stuff. Right, let's um, let's start with the summer business. Um, fairly stable in terms of management this summer, as opposed to some of the other Welsh clubs. Um, Graham Coughlin still in charge. Um before we get onto his business, are you um, are you behind Coughlin? Are you, do you think he's the man uh, for the moment? Yeah, absolutely. I think you just have to look back to when he joined us uh, last October. 
uh, we were we were struggling quite a bit um, under Robri. We were, I mean, a lot of us thought we were sleepwalking into relegation, and he just turned it around. He he kind of had this uh, crawl, walk, run mentality. Crawl, just stop the ruts, make us really hard to beat, and then sort of try and start walking, trying to be a bit more sort of expressive with the sort of style of play, picking up wins. Um, and we ended the season pretty well. You know, we we escaped. A relegation battle and we've pretty much mid-table i think we were a, a last day 90th minute um goal that we conceded away from finishing top half so mm. like we we did really well under him um so yeah we really sort of have a lot of faith in his abilities to sort of manage a club at this level yeah so let's let's talk about his business then um obviously as is usually the case at this level um a lot of ins and a lot of outs always tends to be a bit of a churn of, of a squad, um, especially when players have such short contracts. L- losing some sort of big names from the previous years, Cameron Norman, Aaron Lewis, Priestley Farquhar, and Miki Dimitrio, um, sort of the, the headline names. How do you feel about the outs this season before we get on to the ins? Um, you know, who's going to be the biggest miss uh, going forward? Yeah, well, yeah, you just, I mean, the, you've just listed basically a back line there that we, we've, uh, we've played uh, in the past. Um, it's, it, look, they're big losses. They're, they're experienced pros. They know the league well. You know, Mickey, for example, was with us for, I think, six, seven years. Mm-hmm. Um, so he, he played 300 games for the club, which, yeah, like you mentioned at, um, at, at League Two level, um, when people are on short contracts, that's a lot. That's a lot of time for the club. Um, Cam Norman, arguably our player of the season last year, playing from sort of right back, right wing back, chipped in. I think he was our, even our second or third highest goal scorer, chipped in with a load of goals, but was sort of really sort of tough to beat and, and was a real outlet for us as well. Um, I'm actually going to miss uh, Priestley for Carson actually the most. I think he he we signed them from the from the Welsh Premier League, um, and after a sort of a year or two of sort of adjusting to to League Two and English football. Um, he really came on, and I think he had a stellar season last year. I'm actually a bit. I think he went to um, to Walsall. I'm a bit surprised yeah. he didn't go up upper league, to be honest with you. Um, but the, yeah, look, we we lost quite a few players um, over over the summer, and part of the reason is we just couldn't afford to keep them. You know, we're, we're sort of struggling a little bit financially at the moment. We have one of the smallest budgets in the league, and that's something that you know Cochrane's just going to have to deal with. We offered a lot of those guys contracts which they turned down. Obviously, they can get a better deal elsewhere, which is fair enough. Um, but still, a shame to, to be losing so many at the same time. Yeah, um, that Farquhar one felt a little bit weird because when he when he um, he was out of contract, I feel like, from from my perspective, the um, the idea was he would probably go higher up in, in, in terms of the pyramid, but ended up at Walsall. Was that a little bit difficult to take? And does that sort of show that the um the lack of funds is going to be a bit of an issue when it comes to recruitment and keeping hold of players um going forward yeah absolutely i think i mean I, i'm probably speaking for quite a few of our, our fan base by saying like yeah we're a little bit gutted to not just losing players to sort of you know maybe some of the big guns in in our league but teams that finished you know around our level mid-table last season and yeah, it just shows you just that we don't have the the funds really to sort of compete with the the t- upper end of the table. I think this season's actually going to be really tough because there are so many big names with quite a bit of sort of financial backing behind them this season, um, and we're just going to have to sort of um, overachieve like we've been doing um, in in recent years. You know, uh, yeah. So yeah, it was a little bit hard to take. I'll be honest with you. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, in regards to the ins, then, a big list or a uh, standout for me, Nathan Wood. We've got a vested interest as a Pennebon fan and, and a fan of the coming <laughs> Premier. So uh, looking forward to seeing how he does. Um, you've got Ryan Delaney coming in from Morecambe, uh, Kyle Jameson coming in from Tranmere, Adam Lewis returns back um, after his loan spell last season with another loan. Um, what do you make of the recruitment? And um, yeah, do you think he's done enough at the moment to replace what you've lost? Or is it a case of waiting and see? Because I'm assuming uh, a few of these players you probably don't really know that much about. Yeah, you're quite right. Um, I'm sort of leaning on uh, a few of my 1912 Exiles colleagues to sort of uh, for, for, <laughs> for the uh, for the news on uh, you know the performances in preseason, etc. Because I'll be honest, I haven't seen too much of it. Um, but yeah, looking at look, looking at the the, the team that, that we've sort of signed, we've we've had to obviously do a lot of work to replace that back line. Um, you mentioned Carl Jameson. Um, there's uh, Ryan Delaney as well. You know, we we've we've signed quite a few who who seem to be like yeah the, these guys can do a job and and despite the the results that we've had over preseason not being particularly um uh positive in terms of you know the actual results i think the performance has sort of gradually improved and you know in in cochrane we trust and we have to kind of say and the adam lewis one i tell you what that was a real um you know lift for the entire fan base the entire club because he he was on loan with us last season he started off slow but then he became this this fan favorite and he was he was really putting in a really good performance down that left-hand side unfortunately got injured returned to to his parent club liverpool and yeah i'm absolutely thrilled to have him back um on on uh, on the books for another season i think where we're still struggling in terms of getting someone in is up top um i think we've not scored in the last three or four preseason friendlies now, and and there's a lot of reliance on Omar Bogle, our top scorer last season, as well as a couple of um, young guns, uh, and it's a chap called Seth Palmer Holden we've got on loan, um, and yeah, a few other youngsters uh, in in our ranks as well. We don't really have that uh, experience front line, and I think uh, Cochrane's desperately trying to get another in before before the transfer deadline closes. Yeah, is that is that where you think? Um, you you know you'll come up come up short this season. Maybe is that what's going to hold the team back from maybe venturing further up the table? Is the goals department is that where yeah, you worry most? I do worry a little bit. Um, I think for all of Cochrane's great work that he did with the club and, and sort of you know getting us to to mid table safety last year, we did struggle in the goal scoring department with the players we did have last season. I think we only scored more than one or two goals under him a handful of times. So we are hard to beat at the back, but we weren't that creative and expressive going forward. I think looking at the the line and the front line we have now and looking at the you know, well, just the results of the preseason at least, um, it doesn't look that promising in terms of, you know, uh threatening the top scorer charts. But you know, you never know. Uh, like I said, I haven't seen too much of some of the guys that we've got yeah. in, in midfield. Um and I could be, you know, eating my words here, and we could have a fantastic start to the season. Who knows? I think the midfield looks better than a lot of people think. Actually, we've yeah. got a decent midfield coming in, and you mentioned the the Cumbria Premier guys as well. Like we on every player we've signed, we're we're kind of like really happy with over the mm. years. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Someone you know, we all keep an eye on. Um, as I said, I've got a vested interest in a few of those guys. So um, yeah, nice to see them kick on, and like you said, they they seem to have formed you know quite the the basis of your squad now all of a sudden um in recent years um 
so obviously taking a temperature check off Twitter uh, over the last few weeks, um, which isn't always the best way to <laughs> to sort of figure out uh, the mood of a fan base. It seems like there's there's not much enthusiasm for Newport going into the season from Newport County fans themselves and from maybe fans of other clubs or uh, people who are predicting their 1-24s. to 24s. Don't tend to have Newport that far up the table. You know, I've, I've even seen a few people tipping them to go down. What do you think as a fan? Where are the expectations? What What would you think is the minimum you want this season? Is it as simple as just staying up? Uh, well, for me, yes, uh, for sure. Um, and for a lot of other people as well, would say exactly the same thing. Uh, I think for reasons I've sort of already mentioned yet, one of the lowest budgets in the league, mm-hmm. look at the experience we've already lost and the the players that we're sort of bringing in to replace, um, yeah, maybe don't have the same, well, the, you know, look, they just don't have the same level of experience in, in, in this league as, you know, the likes of Cam Norman, you know, Mickey Dimitri, et cetera. Um, and, you know, the, the front line as well. I think we are, we're, we're sort of all dosed with a sort of tinge of, of realism, a bit of pragmatism, and we know that it's going to be a bit of a slog this season, particularly with the, the quality um, that's on show in the rest of the league. So um, we'd love to, you know, we'll be fighting and scrapping for every point, um, but it will be a struggle this season. And, yeah, safety is, that's what I'm hoping for. Anything else a bonus at this moment? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so a league, Place prediction? Have you got anything um, um, in mind at the moment <laughs> that we can yeah, well, uh, use to haunt you at the end of the year? Uh, yeah, you certainly can. Um, <laughs> I tell you, what, we did it last year, and I was I was uh, encouraged by one of our uh, other guys on the pod to sort of predict playoffs. It didn't quite work out. I'm not being swayed this time around. Um, I've gone twenty second because I think we we do have that sort of like scrapping mentality to stay up, um, and I hope I hope it's higher than twenty second. But I honestly 22nd i'd be happy with um you're just gonna look there's always in league two there's always a club that kind of will go off the rails a bit yeah. and uh as long as it's not your club and it's unfortunate it is you gotta look out for yourselves haven't you <laughs> so um yeah um yeah as long as it's not us i'll be okay but yeah i'm going 22nd well that brings me on nicely to to my next question that i'm asking everyone is what could go wrong you know the welsh clubs playing <laughs> in england tend to have a um uh, you know they can easily combust on themselves quite quite quickly. You've mentioned the precarious financial situation. Is that your biggest worry going into the season, or is there anything else in the background that maybe um, might be worth keeping an eye on for now? Yeah, yeah, that's a really good point. Um, so, I mean, for for context, you know, our, our books, yeah, you know, we we've sort of been blessed with a few decent FA Cup runs over recent years, and the books that came out over the summer, which were for the 21-22 season um, showed a just from a, a 300 grand in in the black to 800 grand in the red or the other way around. Basically, 1.2 million went. We don't know where it went. Um, it's a big amount of money for a club at our level, and mm-hmm. you know we're actively investing as as the the, the trust are actively invest uh, looking for investment, um, and obviously that's still ongoing. We're having a look at whether it's going to be some kind of just investment into the trust or whether it's a club sale entirely. That is the big question mark over the season at the moment. And I think that's probably where you're finding a lot of, um, you know, expectations being sort of dampened on, on the, on the pitch stuff this season, because honestly, it could be a huge season off the pitch. We just don't know. It, mm-hmm. you, know you know what it could be, we could have somebody come in, uh, invest a bit of money into the club and we'll be okay. But at the moment we're, we're just sort of operating at a, um, 
it's an unsustainable level you know that you're always going to unless you've got a cup run or unless you've got a, a huge fan base of pouring money into the club you're not going to be make turning a profit and and that's where the concern lies yeah um i remember reading uh, i think it was a trust meeting earlier in the summer where some of this worrying news came out of um about the contract of rodney parade at the moment mm. is that set to run out or is that already run out what what's the uh, situation we, there can you see yeah you're not going to just be homeless all of a sudden i, I doubt <laughs> i hope not no i mean that's the thing so um people forget we've been in in the football league for for 10 years now which mm. is fantastic um and we've played a Rodney Parade of all of those and we had a sort of a running um lease with with them which did run out um but we've we've signed a new lease um for, for the sort of foreseeable the um the interesting other aspect which again I don't know too much about but I find it really interesting anyway is that the um the the Dragons who also play the rugby team that play at Rodney Parade and Rodney Parade itself are sort of being bought out by a consortium um a David Buttress led consortium um which could sort of Post a very interesting sort of thoughts about how that consortium then, you know, uh, works with with Newport. We've spoken to him in the past, and he's always sort of um, said that you know he wants a good working relationship with the football club. So I don't imagine that we'll be homeless um, for the time being. But I'm not privy to some of the conversations going on behind closed doors. But yeah, no, we'll be we'll be playing there this season, and and for I hope many se- seasons ahead. Good stuff. Well, Jamie, thank you very much. Obviously, you're on the 1912 Exiles podcast. Where can people find it? How often do you release your episodes? Um, you know, if people are interested, where can they go? Yeah, 1912 Exiles uh, on Twitter and on any of your, your podcast uh, catchers of choice. Um, yeah, we're, we're sort of semi-regular in releasing as and when we can get to games. We've got, um, yeah, we've got season ticket holders at the home games. We've got I'm, I'm London based, so I try and get to as many ways as I can. We've got a northern correspondent, Ian Street, who will uh, who will give you some beat poetry as well and some uh, uh, philosophical musings. It's um, yeah, it's it's not like uh, other fan podcasts you might have heard before. So yeah, check us out. Great stuff. Well, thank you, Jamie, and uh, best of luck to Newport um, for the season. And hopefully, we're talking about a finish higher than twenty second come May. I hope so too. Thanks for having me on. Uh, I'm now joined by um, our resident Wrexham expert and um, whatever else he is. I can't think of anything off the top of my head, but Tommy Kaus is with me um, to discuss Wrexham's return to the Football League house. I bet it sounds quite nice to say after, what is it, 15, 16 years away? Yeah, it feels amazing, mate. Uh, 15 years, 15 long years Really, yeah. really long years. I never, I never understood that terminology when people say long years, a year's a year, but no, it has been 15 long years. Yeah, a lot of pain, but uh, we're back in the game. Um, Kaus, obviously, promotion felt inevitable last season. It happened. And, you know, everything that's surrounding Wrexham at the moment with the ownership and obviously the publicity it gets, all in all, it's been a relatively quiet summer you know there's been some yeah. interesting names linked nick powell probably being the one who ended up at stockport but transfer wise it's been quiet no real major outs one player coming in phil parkinson still in charge it just seems like everything's just ticking along nicely other than i guess paul mullins injury how how have you found the summer you know are you concerned by the lack of business or are you happy with the lack of business 
you know, how do you feel the squad is, um, you know, currently? I, I, the squad's good enough. The squad's good enough as far as I'm concerned. I agree with what Parkinson's saying. Um, I think there's an element of like... Uh, there's a tactical approach there when when Parkinson does interviews as well. He, he's made it sort of clear as well. He doesn't want, um, you know, as you can imagine, clubs trying to uh, hold Wrexham to ransom, knowing that mm. they've got a few quid. Um, so there's a bit of a tactical approach behind what he says as well. But I genuinely do believe him when he says he's happy with what he's got. But he, he did say on Saturday he's... Um, he is hoping to bring in a striker. The Mullin injury hasn't changed anything on that front. He was looking to bring in uh, a striker anyway. Yeah. Uh, but uh, but yeah, I mean, still got still got plenty of quality up top uh, at the club. Um, it's just that expectations and things. We're we're, we're going for league title so you need that extra bit of quality to go for league titles and um, and you know Paul Mullin is. I, I would argue the one player you don't want to lose, and unfortunately that's happened. Uh, yeah. So so yeah, that that'll probably hurry 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 up a little bit the process of finding a new striker. But at the same time, he'll be con- conscious of not paying over the odds as well. You know, if 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 a striker does come in, which which you said is looking likely, um, is there anywhere else you think the club could do with looking at strengthening? It's. I really don't, to be honest. No, um, you know. I mean, look at the three three experienced quality goalkeepers. Um, I mean, centre backs. We, if anything, you know, I I sort of feel like we've probably got one too many mm. <laughs> centre backs. If anything, um, so so much cover there. Uh, we're good in the in the wing back positions, centre midfield. Plenty of options in there. It really is. I think just one striker. I, I would. I would sort of say, um, just it's difficult, though, isn't it? Because because anyone who comes in sort of knows that you you're essentially when Mullins available, you yeah. know, the chances are you're going to be playing second fiddle. So so you've got to find someone who's perhaps willing to to spend a little bit of time on the bench. It's not easy to find that quality addition who's happy with that. Yeah. So, so that's a problem. That's a problem at the moment, and and that's probably why it's took a bit of time um, in getting someone in. Um, yeah. But yeah, I'm, I'm sure he'll bring someone in. Uh, we we have got a little bit of cover there. It's just reading between the lines. I don't think Phil Phil Paxson believes that Billy Waters um, and um, Bickerstaff. Okay. Um, so we've got uh, Bickerstaff as well, who's who's a young lad who's excellent, um, as, as is Billy Waters, but. I think Pax has alluded to it. He's per- perhaps not title-winning quality. Uh, so, you know, I think we need someone with that quality. Was, you're not going to get someone as good as Mullin, but someone not too mm. far away. Um, so that's what he'll be looking for. Absolutely. Um, so obviously then, uh, a lot of talk about uh, where Wrexham fall into the, the League 2 pile. A lot of people suggesting that Wrexham will be challenging towards the top of the league. Um, is that something you think is realistic or are people getting a little bit carried away? No, I, th- I think it is realistic. I think, you know, because of the strength in depth, like how many times do you see, uh, you know, clubs who have got a really strong 11, but, but you know, perhaps their backup options aren't that great. Well, Wrexham, apart from that, you know, like I say, replacement for Mullin, uh, but you know, Mullins played a hell of a lot of games over the last two years, so hopefully he'll be back to doing that again when he comes back from injury. But 
Um, I think it's massive just to have quality replacements in every single position. Wrexham mm. got that. And that's going to be the thing that tells. I generally think so. Um, you know, there's, there's extra games this year being in the league. Obviously, you've got the, um, you know, the League Cup on top of, you know, the FA Cup. And, of course, the... Um, uh, the what what do they even call it now? The EFL trophy. Oh yeah, the uh, Johnson's paint or whatever. Yeah, the current Papa yeah. John's, I think it is at the moment. Papa John's, that's right. Yeah, yeah exactly. So, um, so yeah, there's plenty of games for them to keep themselves fit. Wrexham uh, will be utilising the the second string in quite a few of those games, I think. Um, and uh, and yeah, I, I do think right. I think we're, we're going to be up there. I, I would. I would be very, very disappointed if we're not top seven in those playoffs. Yeah, I think most. I think most Wrexham fans are expecting playoffs at a minimum. I would say. Interesting then. Um, the, do you think though? If I mean, it's this constant thing that I don't know why I've got it in my head, and I don't know if it's just a modern football thing. Um, the Phil Parkinson is seems to be continually under pressure because of these high expectations he's delivered so far um and some probably you know with with how how well um the league campaign went last season do you think though that expectations are now higher than possibly they could be if if Wrexham are languishing in mid-table um which really shouldn't be a bad thing considering it's no. your first your first yeah. return to the football league, but with this yeah. sort of newfound expectation and pressure, um, yeah. do you think that? I mean, the owners definitely haven't been trigger happy. Do you think that now, in the football league, that maybe they're sort of looking at life beyond Phil Parkinson, and if things don't start well, that pressure could be on him, or is that probably harsh? Yeah, no, I, I think um, you know, I, I'll, I'll be honest, you know, it. If, if you're asking whether Phil Parkinson would still be there in, in let's say, three years, I'd say 50, it's 50-50. Mm. I really would. This this club, they've made it clear they're not here to languish in League Two. That's not that's not an ambition of theirs. They want to get further. They want to get to League One and then see where it goes. Yeah. Uh, so whether Phil Parkinson is the man, I think he probably is. I think, um, you know, I haven't always thought that, as you know, mate. But, yeah. Uh, but I... I I think he is. I think he's got credit in the bank after last year. 111 points is a phenomenal return, regardless of how much money was spent. So he's got credit in the bank. I think, you know, it would have to be, uh, it would have to be a disastrous first four or five months mm. for Phil Parkinson to lose his job by January. I think. Um, so, so yeah, I think with that credit in the bank, if Wrexham, let's say, let's say eighth, ninth, tenth in the table at January. I think he keep, he keeps his job. I think um, you know, let, let's say absolute disaster and Wrexham are down the bottom, uh, which yeah. I, I just you know I just firmly believe we've got too much quality to be down the bottom. It, you know, even if we get horrific injuries, we've got quality uh, in in every quality cover in every position. So, so yeah, I think I would imagine we you know. Gun to the head, I th I would imagine we'll be in those playoffs for the majority of the campaign, uh, up the top of the table. And, um, you know, I think, let's say, for example, Wrexham were to lose in the playoffs end of the season, I think Phil Parkinson keeps his job yeah. as another goal next year. So, so yeah, it's difficult. Um, I'm sure we'll get on to the predictions. But, yeah, that that's how I sort of see it. He's got credit in the bank. Um, the fans, 
It's took him a long time to win over a lot of fans, um, but now he uh, he's almost universally loved at the club now. So so yeah, I think he's um, he's definitely earned uh, earned that bit of time. Yeah, and uh, you know you've earned his respect. So I think the last thing you need now is a new manager um, to rub yeah. up the wrong way and then have to try and win over. Um, Phil Parkinson's clearly used to you now, which is only a good yeah, thing, I'm sure. It's a good thing, yeah. Could you imagine if, uh, you know, like Stephen Gerrard or something like that came in? That would be, <laughs> be horrible, wouldn't it? So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, right. Uh, we've sort of maybe touched on possible things that could go wrong. I've asked everyone what could go wrong at your club this um, this season. So, you know, what is it that that, that yeah, could fall apart? Yeah, but like I said before, right, uh, Mullin's the big one. We need Paul Mullin. Um, he's such an important uh, player for us. I think we need uh, Elliot Lee as well. Uh, Jordan Davis, a bit interesting season for Jordan Davis, by the mm. way. Uh, missed, a, missed a lot of last season through injury. And Elliot Lee just, you know, went up to a different level and played the same position. So uh, it's, it's going to be interesting to see how Jordan gets on. Yeah, I, I do think... I do think you know. You, you t- I've talked about the uh, the strength and depth in various positions, and that is true. But you know, it's people like Mullin, and Mullin's the main one. If we lose him for big periods of the campaign, it's going to be tough. Um, we've still got quality to come in. Don't get me wrong on that, but that's that's a big one for me. Uh, yeah, just just in terms of other things, I think. I think it is just mainly injuries. I don't know what the other lads have said about their clubs. It, it, that's that's really the thing that can derail a season. You know, yeah, great having strength and depth. Keep keep saying that term, um, but you know, you what you want to have a consistent eleven, don't you? Yeah. You know, regardless of that, you want to have a consistent eleven. So, I think if we can get that consistency, we'll be absolutely fine. Um, I, I suppose that the big one for us is uh, Ryan and Rob pulling their money out. That's the big one, isn't it? Yeah, well, I guess that was sort of what other people have been hinting towards in terms of um, things can go wrong. And, you know, the Welsh clubs have been known for um, dodgy ownership, um, yeah. for lack of a better term, over the, throughout the history of all the um, the clubs playing yeah. in the English system. Um, but Wrexham obviously seemed to be the most stable, but I guess there's always that fear always that fear in the back of their mind that they could just pack up and go. It very much doesn't seem to be the case. They seem to be more than invested. Um, but yeah, that I guess that will always sort of linger over Wrexham fans' thoughts. Um, yeah. What about fans turning on the regime, though? I, I mean, Ryan and Rob still seem very popular themselves, but the people around them are, are, seem to me to be growing more and more unpopular in the fan base questionable decisions about stuff like um you know holding back tickets for international members um the, these sort of things that, that slowly but surely can turn people against them what's the temperature of the fan base like towards the um the regime so to say yeah, no, it's still overwhelmingly positive. There's there's little gripes with things like um, talk about the international members. That's um, that's not such a bad uh, bad thought sort of thing. There's not too many fans who are too upset about that. It's only seventy five tickets per game, home um, games, right? So, 
home games, yeah. Because there was yeah. an issue with away tickets as well, wasn't there? That they yeah. were holding back for non-season ticket holders or something? What's yeah, that all about? That's, that's, the, that's one of the big ones that's been yeah. an issue. Um, but again, you know, people... People don't aim their fire at, um, at Ryan and Rob. It's it's more the the, day, the people in the day to day running the club, Sean Harvey, Fleur Robinson. Um, they're the ones who sort of take the flack on that, really, because they're the ones who are, are make the decision makers at the club, essentially. Um, so so yeah, um, that, that situation where away tickets seventy percent are available to season ticket holders, thirty percent to uh, just general members. Um, it's yeah, it's upset a lot of people because we need, um, really, we need to have a loyalty system in place like uh, like other clubs or, you know, sort of big clubs have. Mm-hmm. Uh, that has to happen as far as I'm concerned. Um, yeah, it's amazing it's that that hasn't way. happened already. Yeah, it is know, really. Especially in that, some of those yeah. League Two grounds where away allocations, you, you may only get 600, 700 yes. tickets. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, there's a guy I was chatting to over in Philadelphia, uh, Andy Yem, who'll be familiar to a lot of Wrexham fans. He, he follows, he goes to every Wales and Wrexham game. Um, I don't, I think he's probably missed about two or three Wrexham games in about 30 years. And I, so, I sort of asked him, I said, you know, how how is it with you in terms of away tickets this year? How are you looking? He said, well, I'm the same as everyone else. Mm. You know, and this is, this is a guy who used to go to like Eastbourne on a Tuesday night and, you know, when there was a hundred Wrexham fans there, you know, so it's it's not right. Um, you know, guys like that, and and there's hundreds of people in the same boat. Um, it's not right. To be fair, there's, they've got to do something about that and make sure that these guys do get sorted. Um, I'd like to think with their contacts that they've built up over the years, they'll they'll always get sorted some way yeah. or another. But but it's not as simple as that, is it? It's, and that's not the point either. You know, it shouldn't be who you know or anything like that. It should be if you um if you're a loyal supporter over a number of years, you should get that um those points in the bank as as happens with Wales away, isn't it? Yeah. Um so yeah, let's uh that that's the big sticking point, mate. I think um you know the little price rises here and there. I think people on the whole probably accept it a little bit. You've got to um, get used to that if you're gonna go up the league yeah. as well. That's just modern yeah, football, absolutely. isn't it? You're not a non league side anymore. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's that's. I think that's the major one is uh, ticket availability, mate. Absolutely right. Then um, let's let's get you a, a prediction off you, um, and uh, yeah, see how well it ages as the season goes on. Uh, what are you thinking then? Yeah, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go third. I've I've been nice. about this. I'm gonna. I, you know, I don't think I don't think we're quite gonna win the league. There's so many good sides up there. Um, you know, look at Stockport. Uh, look at Gillingham up there. Um, you know, there's, there's there's just a lot of quality. Bradford will come again. They'll be strong. Um, yeah, it's it's going to be really really tough. So um, so yeah, I, I think I think third would be fantastic. I, every every Wrexham fan would take that now. Um, but uh, but yeah, for me, I'm going to go for third. I, I certainly wouldn't be too disheartened if we got playoffs though. To be yeah. Fair. Yeah, I feel like playoffs would be a, would be a success, and then you've just got the uh, the lottery of the playoffs to deal with, which is um, always a barrel of laughs. Uh, before you do go, obviously you have just got back from Philadelphia. I've forgotten about this. You got yeah. to experience a bit of Wrexham in the states. Um, yeah. Can you sort of tell us a little bit about um, all of that, really? Oh, it was absolutely nuts, mate! Absolutely nuts. It was brilliant. Um, 
yeah, we spent most of the weekend in uh, Max Tavern, uh, Rob McElhenney's bar in uh, in the middle of Philadelphia. Absolutely amazing place. Uh, plenty of singing. Met loads of American Wrexham fans. Met, met some, uh, you know, some good new friends. Um, just incredible, though, mate. Just walking, uh, you know, walking through uh, Philadelphia and hearing Wrexham songs being sung by, like, American fans and stuff like that. Um, I'm not sure the... Uh, the whole "Let's go Wrexham" <laughs> is gonna is gonna that's take not gonna off happen, the race is it? No, nope. yeah, <laughs> I don't think that's gonna take off of the race course. But um, but yeah, fair play to them. Maybe maybe we'll start singing "Fight and Win" and all that. Sort of thing. <laughs> but um, no, absolutely amazing food, though, mate. As I said to you before we came yeah. on, we are a food um, podcast after all. Absolutely, we are. Yeah, uh, no fish cakes though, then, mate. Disappointed. I I flew yeah. the fish cake flag in uh, Wickham this weekend, so. Uh, yeah, you, you know the winter league is uh, well and truly underway when the fish cakes start coming out. So uh... well, they they always say, don't they? Um, famous uh, seafaring town of Wickham is a great yeah. place for uh, for fish. <laughs> Absolutely, so, yeah. uh, exactly. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, what a what a place, though, man. That's steaks, that the cheese steaks, right? We're gonna have to. I'm gonna have to find somewhere I can get a cheese steak in Denmark. Yeah. I forget, yeah, the cheesesteak. Oh, that does look good. Um, Tommy Kaus, thank you very much for your time, for your um, insight, for your passion. Uh, it's a beautiful thing. <laughs> Cheers, pal. I'm with Tom Phillips of View from the Ninian um, podcast uh, to discuss Cardiff City and um, what is to come. Tom, welcome back to the podcast. Thank you very much for having me again. No problems at all. Um, I think every time you've come on this podcast, Tom, uh, has been under a different Cardiff City manager. Uh, so I don't know what that says about anything other than Cardiff City like to churn through managers. Yeah, been an absolute shambles manager-wise. So, you know, I like that I, my stay with Alternative Wales is longer than the tenure of, of our managers. So... Yeah. I reckon it shows how, you know, a safe pair of hands I am compared to the, the shambles we've had to the club in the last few years. Exactly, yeah. Uh, consistency is key, um, and that is one thing Cardiff can't be um, levelled at. But, Tom, as we approach the new season on the weekend, I want to whisper it very, very quietly, because um, it's weird to say this at this stage. Well, I say it's weird to say this at this stage, sort of feels like that every season but there is cause for a little bit of optimism heading into the season do you share my sort of careful and considered optimism at this point yes completely i think i'm being less quiet about it that's the problem and it's going to bite <laughs> my ass um you know when you sign someone like aaron ramsey it's hard to get you know not to get giddy you know mm. the, the man's a wales legend He's hardly played for Cardiff, but he came through our ranks. But yeah, you know, I've bought a Ramsey jersey. I've got a name of another man on my back, which I never thought I'd do. I've broken my own rules. <laughs> so yeah, I'm very, very excited going into the new season. Yeah. Um, obviously, there's a lot A lot has changed since we last spoke. We we didn't know whether Sarbi Lamucci would um, stay on at the time. Obviously, narrowly avoiding relegation last season. It hasn't been a massive churn of players. There has been six new bodies through the door at the time of recording. But, Tom, we'll start with the manager. At the time when Lamucci, it was announced that Lamucci was to be let go, there seemed to be outcry from Cardiff fans. I was sort of never really 
a fan of Lamucci's, to be quite honest, but um, it felt like all we needed at this time was stability. Few names banded about in the meantime, um, but sort of out of nowhere one Saturday afternoon, Errol Bullet um, was just named manager of Cardiff City. I'm assuming, Tom, you know nothing about him, but he's gone some way already to winning over um, the Bluebird faithful, hasn't he? Yeah, definitely. I I think I I I wanted consistency as well at the end of last season. You know, I I, I said at the time keeping Sabri Lamushi on was key. You know, consistency was key. You know, we've been a club that yeah we've changed managers multiple times throughout the season. It, it felt like we needed a bit of continuity. But to be honest, in typical fickle hypocritical football fashion, you know, I'm now looking back at it as a, as a great decision. I think we needed to wipe the slate clean more than anything. So, you know, you said churn, churn hasn't been, like, too high, but we've got rid of people who were probably surplus to requirements <laughs> and the people we've brought in, and Arrow Bullet is the top of that list. I think, yes, you, you know, he had, he had a decent record at Fenerbahce, which is a massive club. Some would deem it that it wasn't a success, but, you know, it was a decent decent record at a club that's also a shambles off the pitch, like quite like Cardiff. But he's got, he's got, a, he's got a decent pedigree in Europe, and... You know, it's nice to get a manager that's not just a championship dinosaur. We we were mm. going through the pendulum of going, you know, oh, we'll have a backroom staff member. We'll have someone who's 78. We'll go back to someone who's never managed before. We'll go to someone who's collecting their pension. So it's mm. nice to have a fresh face, a fresh look. And you can see by the signings he's brought in so far, you know, that he's, he, it's, you know, it's a clean slate. We're building something different at Cardiff, which is exactly what we need. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I share that um feeling. Um obviously the the elephant in the room with the appointment is that he is unproven in the championship. We've seen managers from abroad come into the championship and leave as quick as they came in. We've also seen managers from abroad come in and uh run away with the league and be a very successful. He could well be in between. We just don't know at this stage. Is that a worry for you that for all the sort of the good talk and, and everything looking good at the moment, he might actually not be a very good championship manager? Yeah, you know, there's obviously going to be an element of risk with this. But, you know, we've, we've seen managers who've managed 20 seasons in the championship be a flop at a club. Mm. You know, I, I don't think it's necessarily to do with the championship being a different type of football. You know, it's not a completely alien game to what they're playing in other leagues around Europe. Yeah, it might take a little bit of time to adapt, but he's got players in that squad who've played plenty of championship football, you know, but we've also got players in that squad now who won't be, you know, tainted by the shambles that we've been over the last couple of seasons. So I think, I don't think it's necessarily a disadvantage, but you're definitely right in saying that's an unknown quantity because if any Cardiff fan tries to claim they're an expert and error bullet before he came in, they'll lie into you. So, yeah. you know, I think that's the exciting bit though. We're, we're not, we haven't got that high expectations really with him coming in. Um, but yeah, I, I'm excited for it. And I think if you look around the Cardiff City fan base, everyone else seems to be as well, which is quite a nice feeling because it hasn't been that for a long, long time. Yeah, we'll get on to sort of the fan expectation in a bit. We'll we'll talk about the squad as it stands. You know, like I said earlier, there wasn't a massive amount of squad churn. Uh, mainly sort of fringe players leaving: Gavin White, uh, Tom Sang, Mark Harris, probably the 
the top of the list in terms of um you know squad importance at the time um all all been replaced um Ansem, uh gutas uh, center back coming in from turkey a greek lad um yakumete championship proven as well as carl and grant Ike Egbo, josh bowler today um coming in on loan from nottingham forest um obviously headline you know the incomings is Aaron Ramsey. But in terms of the outgoings, it's not really the players who we've let go of um, or, or sort of moved to different clubs that seems to be what we've lost. It's probably the low knees from last season and and, and the three of them, Jaden Fullagene, Cedric Kipre and uh, Sorry Kaba, probably arguably our three most important players last year. Are they the three players that Cardiff are going to really miss next season compared, you know, have we really replaced them at this stage? Two out of three of them, possibly. I think, I think Philly Jim is a very, very excited player that we underutilised. But like, I think we've brought enough in there that there's not going to be a complete void. I think, yeah, Gutas at centre-back is a fantastic sign-in, I think, in terms of like your international pedigree. But I think we still need more in that area. I think that is where we're really missing some quality. So, yeah, I think we're working towards, you know, filling the void of those three players. They're definitely the three we missed. Because you mentioned the players who've left on permanent deals. Like, they're not playing. They weren't playing regular football for Cardiff. Mm. They were, like, the strikers weren't scoring goals at championship level. And we've replaced them with ones who have scored at this level. So, in terms of, like, like replacements on a permanent standpoint, I, I don't think it's even close. I think... I think what we've brought in um, has been definitely an upgrade in every single department. Let's talk about Aaron Ramsey. Um, came in from Nice, returned to Cardiff. Uh, it's very, very exciting from just like a wholesome human perspective um, to see him come back and he's clearly into it. Um, you know, his family's involved, his, his son signed for the academy. Um, what are you expecting from him from a playing capacity? You know, where where do you see him fitting in and how much of an impact can he make this season? I think he can make a huge impact. He played a lot of football last season, whether it be for Nice or Wales. I think this, you know, I understand where the worries come from in terms of, you know, he gets injured and things like that. He misses game time. But it hasn't quite been like that the last season. So I, I, I could see him playing 35 games for us and I think he could have a huge impact. He's a quality player. He was one of the best players in the world for, for, for a short period when he was on fire at Arsenal. And if he could get half as good at that at Cardiff, he could absolutely tear it up. So I don't think Cardiff fans, again, like wrongly carried away about this. It's an unbelievable signing. And then I don't think you can underestimate as well the impact, like you said, that human level, that the feel-good factor this signing has brought around the club has almost washed away... Two or three seasons or longer, probably, of bad feeling. Like it's not completely away, but it's it's in a cupboard somewhere out of the way at the moment. And I don't think you can underestimate the effect that can have on the club because I know from a personal level, I am absolutely, you know, bouncing for this new season. If you'd asked me a month and a half ago, you know, I was I was very, very sick of football. And this little break and this little like injection of a feel-good story into the club is doing absolute wonders. Um so on to sort of the fan base at the moment. I think if you read Twitter. Some people think we're going to win the league. Um, other think, you know, I think fans of other clubs and and pundits from um, outside of the Cardiff bubble tend to think we'll probably uh, be safe, but but not be too far away from the relegation zone. 
where do you think um, we fit into it all then? Because um, I don't think we're probably good enough to win the league. Maybe we are, but I don't think we are. But I also think we're probably um, in a better place now than we were last season, and we should be clear of the relegation zone. Where, where do you think the minimum expectation is this season? Mid-table minimum expectation. Uh, expectation. To be honest with you, like if you'd asked me a few weeks ago, I would have taken survival. But I think there is that little bit of increased expectation now. But like, and I mean, this is a slim chance, right? But it, it's not out of the question that we could be in the playoff picture. Because if you look around the championship, it's all over the shop, right? If you look at the predictions of people who know about football, the rate, the range of places this thing Cardiff could finish vary between 22nd and 6th. And it's understandable because there's a lot of clubs who are going through transition periods. We're not the only basket case in this league. You know, some of these teams who have come down someone like Leeds, yes, they could win the league, mm. but they could also finish 14th. So I think the championship is such an unquan- mm. unknown quantity. I know that's a cliche, but it really feels like this this year. I think a month or so ago, you were looking at the teams who came up, the likes of Sheffield, Wednesday, Ipswich, Plymouth. Wednesday looked like they could be a force, but suddenly they're all over the shop. They sacked the managers, brought them up. They're not bringing mm. in the signings the fans went, and there's you know a bit of unrest there. So that's another one who's kind of like you push aside now, probably in the playoff picture. So anything could happen between now and the end of the season. Um, I don't think we'll be in a relegation battle. That's my, I, to be honest with you, I think we've got enough quality there now. But I'm, I'm not ruling out, you know, being in that. Those teams were kind of trying to, you know, get that last playoff place with a few games left. I've put in the prediction um, on, on our podcast eight. That's because I say it every single year and I can't be bothered the number but <laughs> but I think anywhere between 8th and 15th I see us finishing in that mid-table pack before I um before I do ask you to to pin your um your uh, colors to the mast in terms of where we're going to finish the other big question really to ask is um how many managers will Cardiff have this season four different men managed a game for Cardiff last year will we see more or less than that Tom if it's more, then I think I need to pick another sport to watch. But, um, <laughs> I've got a good feeling about Arrow Bullet. I, I don't know what it is. He, he says the right yeah. thing. Um, I just like the air he seems to have about him. The players seem to be buying into him in the clips you're showing. There's more social media around the squad now, which I'm taking as a good sign that they want to show what's happening behind closed doors. Yeah, that's because yeah. Aaron Ramsey's there. Everyone is but there's a feel-good factor. There's a whole new management team. And yes, he could be gone in October. I get that, right? We don't know anything about him. But my gut instinct is he'll be here come the end of the season and possibly further further than that. So, no, I've got a good feeling about him. Who was the last Cardiff manager to do a full season? It was probably yeah, Warnock, I think so. It? Yeah, it's been a shambles. Yeah. Because we've had people come in halfway through a season and get yeah. to the, the, the half of the next. They probably got a season's worth. Yeah. But yeah, I think Warnock was the last one. Well, well, well. There we are. Errol Bullet. That's that's the real success story <laughs> if it happens. Um, Cardiff not sacking a manager. So, Tom, before we ask you what could go wrong, where where are Cardiff going to finish this year? Are you going to stick with your um your uh, Vivian, um prediction of eighth, or are you going to uh, play around with it a bit? No, I'm not going to play around. No, no. I'm going to stick with plucky eighth. I'm not going to lie to you. There is part yeah. of me in the back of my head that, that wants to say sick, but that's just because I'm an optimist. And what's the point in watching football if you don't think you're going to win games? Yeah. But like, yeah, I, I, yeah, I'll stick with eight. I think that's more than most people expect us to do. 
Um, and I regard mm. it as a massive, massive success if Renner in the year that. So, yeah, if that happens, it's oh, a great, yeah. great season and there's something to build on. So, yeah, I'll go away. So, there we are. Thank you very much uh, for coming on, Tom. For those who don't know, um, how can people uh, check out View from the Ninian uh, when do you release your podcasts, etc.? Et uh, so, uh, the best place to find us on Twitter, VFT Ninian. Uh, and we're all on all good podcast providers and some bad ones as well. And we usually release around normally on a Monday morning if we're if we've been, you know, all good enough to get it done on a Sunday night to record. So yeah, um, make sure you subscribe to us, and uh, you'll see a little notification on a Monday morning to give us a listen. Yeah, I've got to say the commitment to content is very very impressive. Uh, ben James, who is the presenter, was married on Saturday. And on Sunday, you were recording your season preview. So, you know, a round of applause for that, mainly to Ben, because that is serious commitment and maybe grounds for divorce as well at the same time. Yeah, what I would say as well. <laughs> Don't know yeah, that was a free bar me. as well. So his commitment, and my commitment, I'm throwing myself in that for that one as well. Yeah. Um, granted, it was quite late at night we did it on Sunday because I think there were a few sore heads. But yeah, fair play to him. He, he, yeah, he's uh, spot on with his organisation as Ben. Good stuff. Well, thank you very much, Tom. And uh, we'll chat in May and, um, you know, look back at how uh, dreadful the season might have gone. <laughs> but fingers crossed, it's uh, we're talking about what Errol Bullock can do to improve on this year. Look forward we'll to see. it. I'm with uh, Lewis Moore of the Disturbed District, uh, a Mirtha uh, Town fan. Lewis, welcome to the podcast. <laughs> Thank you very much, Ray. How are you doing? Yeah, not too bad, mate. All good. Uh, glad to have you back to talk about uh, the wonderful Merthyr Town heading into the season. Uh, it's been a quiet summer for Merthyr's standards uh, in terms of transfers. Hasn't been a big squad churn. Usually, is it, you know, a large proportion of your squad tends to move on and a lot of new players tend to come in. Uh, you know, same manager, same league. It's probably been quite nice, isn't it? Yeah, it's like it's nice to say, but it's been like quite boring. And every year, it's just been it's been chaos, isn't it? The mm. last few years. So uh, yeah, new manager last year. Previous year, there was a new start after COVID, after not playing for a year. So yeah, it's been nice and boring this year, which is quite yeah, it's it's nice, isn't it? So it doesn't happen often. So let's uh, let's keep it like not obviously not on the pitch. Let's not keep it boring on the pitch, but. Uh, <laughs> Off fields, yeah. The, the more boring, the better. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, and you know, looking at the um, looking at the uh, business you've done, barely lost anyone, uh, which is really good news because I think that was probably one thing you'd be worried about. And 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 added again, not loads. And Aaron, uh, and Aaron Livermore coming in in central midfield. I think that sort of stands out from the business. You know, former Newport County player. Um, what what have you made of the business um, uh, this summer so far? Yeah, so it has been a lot quieter in comparison to the previous year where you're getting so many new faces in because you have to replace the ones that are gone. So I think this, yeah, like last year, it felt like we had probably had about 12 new sign-ins, whereas this year, it has actually been quite a few because I was trying to look and try and remember who it was earlier. So I had to look through the... Merthyr account and I thought oh go on I'll just go on the Twitter or oh, the X now it's called and yeah. <laughs> uh, just see see who they signed and it took me a lot longer to do than I thought it would but we brought back Tommy Hillman from Hlenetli 
so he's back, uh, which I'm chuffed about because uh, I don't think he, I don't think he had a fair crack the whip the the first mm. season, and uh, he he did leave under a bit of a cloud um, in 2022. I, I've lost all. Uh, <laughs> I've lost all. Lost track of time. Track of time. Yeah. <laughs> so he's back. Um, and obviously we've brought in Ollie Mehu from uh, Western Supermare and he looks the real deal so far in, in pre-season. So he's been the one that's, um, I think, well, two of them actually, they've they've really impressed. Uh, we brought St- Tom Stokes in, another youngster from Newport. So he's from Newport Academy. Um, Joe Widowis as well. Um, he previously played on loan about a season and a half ago and he was very good, very young defender, but very good, and um, we've got Joe Keeping as well, a fullback from Cardiff. So, yeah, they're all under. Yeah, I think most of them. I think Ollie Mew is the oldest; he's twenty-five. Mm. Uh, Hillman's twenty-two, and then the rest are young pups, all below twenty, I think. So, uh, so yeah, brought the average average squad age down as well. So, uh, so yeah, the young Murphy guns are going to be flying, hopefully. Yeah, I mean, looking at last season. Uh, as a as a um as a marker i guess it was pretty much mid table in the end it was sort of flirted with the playoffs a little bit uh, 19 points away in the end so i guess there's a you know it was a base to to build on after you know being relegated from the league uh, the year before so are you confident now going into this season that maybe you can sort of be a little bit more consistent heading and and sort of get in those playoffs maybe well i don't i'd hope so because after last year i think last year was really one of those what could have been seasons because mm. you, you are right we did flirt with um i did flirt with relegation i was a previous year we did more than flirt with it uh last year <laughs> last year we um last season we i think we definitely could have been been up there i think obviously we, we had the fa cup run as well so that probably took a little bit out to the players, but the cup run was brilliant to be honest. But I think they probably were a little bit gutted that they didn't finish higher in the table. Um, so yeah, I think from fan expectations, and certainly after last year, I think yeah, they they're gonna want to be in and around those sort of playoff places and maybe even higher than that. So they brought they brought in well and they've kept the vast majority of the squad. There's still some that haven't signed yet, and they, but they haven't signed with anyone else yet either. So mm. it's um, obviously clock ticking because uh, kick off on Saturday. So yeah, it's uh, it's going to be interesting to see what happens in the next few days. Yeah. So how how is the feeling amongst the fan base? Because you know it is hard to judge how good a team is, especially at this level, heading into um, into a new season. Obviously. I, I have to mention it. Um, Pennebont turned Merthyr over on the weekend, 5-0, um, which, you know, is is fine for for me. Uh, is that, <laughs> was that a little bit concerning as a result? I know the squad was sort of um, shared over two games, but it was probably the stronger of the two lineups. Has that maybe dampened expectations slightly or... or you know, is there a positivity going into the season? I don't think so because you can't really look into too much into pre-season. But 
but also the other results have been have been pretty good as well. So yeah, it has been it has been a mixed bag. So we we played Porth Madad on the first preseason game and we beat them six 0 and it was Porth Madad obviously in terms of level they're probably lower than what what Merthyr would sort of be deemed to be I suppose. So we beat them six 0 Then we beat Britain very four 0 Who I imagine will probably be up there for. Challenging for Cymru South, maybe. Mm, yeah. Um, so uh, then we lost 4 0 to Carlton away, which uh, is our sort of annual or what's the, what's the uh, or every two years to uh, biannual. To, yeah, biannual. Is it biannual? Um, biannual. I mean, yeah. <laughs> Once in you know two I mean? years, twice a year. I know what you're trying to say. Yeah, yeah. yeah every yeah. other year. <laughs> we'll get it anyway. So, uh, so yeah, they had the team had like a team bonding sort of. Uh, session to go up to Nottingham so they went up to Carlton they lost that game 4-0 and we lost the previous game two years ago 3-0 so uh, so yeah I'm hoping history doesn't repeat itself because we got relegated at the end of that mm. season so let's hope, let's hope that doesn't happen this time around um, but then we beat Barry 3-2 um, I had to mention that because um, just in case we've got a few Barry fans listening but <laughs> uh, <laughs> but no that was it that was a that, to be honest that was a great night and um, we did look we looked unbelievable that night in, in patches. We looked a little bit suspicious at the back. Um, but again, you, you can't read too much into pre-season because it, it's, oh, it's, it's hard, isn't it? Because you, mm. you've, seen, you've seen it before. Some teams will play unbelievable all pre-season. Some players will score all the goals in pre-season and they can't hit the barn door in, in the actual uh in the actual league. So it's, it, it is hard to judge. Obviously, I was a little bit disappointed to... Uh, to have seen that we lost 5-0 to uh, Pedabon, but I was delighted that I went on a stag do instead because I don't think <laughs> I would have enjoyed that. Uh, <laughs> I don't think I would have enjoyed that, but the boys who went said they had a good time anyway. I'm not sure if I believe them, but I think that the, yeah, the actual day they enjoyed. But um, but yeah, they did split the team across two games. So you had, like you said, they had, you had one half playing uh, a Pedabon, and then we had a sort of behind closed doors game against Swansea under-21s at home, I think. So... Um, and typical, I didn't see either game, but uh, <laughs> but, but yeah, it, I know what you mean. It's the last game you got before you go into the league. You don't really mm. want to be losing it five nil, and I think that that's the danger. If you if you dwell on that and you think, oh well, oh, they lost five nil their last game, then you if you take that in, then it's you're sort of set in a the the wrong sort of uh, mood for the for the start of the new year, but. If you look at what we did at the, in our last home game against Barry, we had, I think it was about 900 odd, mate, or maybe about 800 odd hmm. at home on a Friday night for a friendly. The atmosphere was was booming. So you can't really look into it. And I know they lost 1 0 to Ponty as well on the previous Tuesday. But by all accounts, I think from what they said, the Merthyr played very well. So I think they were they were a little bit. A little bit gutted to have lost that one one nil, but but yeah, this is why I try not to read too much into preseason because I think we we did it right the previous preseason before we got relegated and yeah, uh, obviously, obviously got relegated after that season. So uh, so yeah, you can't read too much into it, but I'm just hoping let's forget about it, let's uh, let's move on. Hopefully they already have as well. So uh, yeah, we'll see. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, preseason is a strange old uh, beast. And no one will ever understand it. But uh, yeah, so it's, it's, I feel like there should be more to talk about, but it's just been one of them summers for Merthyr, which, you know, after a few years of, uh, you know, 
drama off the pitch, you know, going down, staying up, you know, lots of ins and outs of managerial change. It's probably a nice break. Um, on on the subject of the manager, uh, Paul Michael did obviously did a fantastic job last year. Um, you know, full support still behind him, I imagine. Oh, absolutely. He's he's like the messiah, and I think if there's anyone, if there's anyone who's going to take Merthyr forward, it's going to be Paul Michael, and uh, obviously the fans love him. He seems to love the fans back as well, which is which is which is always nice to see. And, and we've always had that from from every manager we've had, especially since I've been following the club. So, uh, so yeah, he's. I think we're in there. We've got the right, yeah, we've got the right man at the helm, and uh, I think we've got the right players as well. It it, it does look as if uh, I think if we start off well on Saturday, then uh, yeah, it it, look, it looks like it could be good for us. So uh, so yeah, fingers crossed for Saturday. But yeah, you're right. It does seem like we've always got loads to talk about, and it's. Yeah. Uh, this one feels like there's, there's hardly anything to talk about. And, uh, yeah, hopefully we get to keep Jack Evans. So the last time I was on with you, right, yeah. I think I said uh, I was praying that Tom Handley stayed. And um, it's a little bit different with Jack because uh, both fantastic players. And after this podcast, Tom did sign, I think it was about a week or two later. So Are you, are you claiming know. that it was the podcast <laughs> that did it? Well, no, I don't know. <laughs> he did say his mind was made up before that, but uh, he said if uh, I think he said if it if it was, it, it certainly would have uh, great stuff would have persuaded him. So I'm hoping that it's going to be the same with with Jack as well. So hopefully Jack uh, listens to this one and does the right thing. But his sort of future depends on uh, depends on Joe Roden, which sounds quite weird, but he's actually Joe Roden's masseuse. So uh, so yeah, <laughs> where where Joe Roden goes, Jack follows. So hopefully. Swansea put a cheeky loan bid back in for Joe Roden, <laughs> probably needs that, but we need him more. <laughs> oh, well, well, I didn't know that. That's a uh, that's an interesting little um, fact there. So, uh, yeah, I'll keep an eye on that one. <laughs> um, as I've asked everyone, uh, what could go wrong this season? You know, is there anything in the back of your mind that, that gives you a little bit of doubt that maybe uh, there isn't that much cause for optimism? I think the first one would definitely be if we let the last two preseason tweets affect us, then, and I don't think we will, but you, you have seen that before. People sort of let preseason clouds sort of what uh, what you've achieved prior to uh, the game, obviously, those two games. So that could that could affect it. I don't think it will, though. Um, obviously, if we don't sign Jack Evans, that, uh, that leaves a hole in midfield, but hopefully, again, he, he does the right thing. Um, and I know we, so we're not known, we're not famously known for for overpaying our players. We we haven't really got the budgets that you see a lot of other bigger clubs in in our league or league above or even even in the Cymru Premier will will pay. So obviously, I know money talks and it is a is a short career, but obviously we've got something special going on at Merthyr, and uh, I, I like to think so anyway. So uh, so yeah, hopefully. Uh, we don't we don't lose anyone because obviously the, the the better we are, uh, the more interested is in the players. But yeah, I I am fairly I don't actually sound it tonight, but uh, <laughs> I am fairly confident that we're going to do even better this year than we did last year. So uh, so yeah, hopefully the boys uh, feel the same as well. Great stuff. Um, right before we go, then uh, I'm going to press you for a prediction of where you're going to finish in the league that I will no doubt use against you um, come May. Uh, where are Merthyr going to finish uh, in the league this season? Well, I got it wrong last year. I can't remember what I said, but 
I was wrong. Um, but yeah, I'm uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna go playoffs. I think yeah. we're gonna be up. I think we're gonna be up there. I think based on the manager, I think he's the best manager since sliced bread personally. <laughs> um, and we haven't we haven't lost anyone really that we thought we were gonna lose. Obviously, Jack aside, we've we've kept all the players we we wanted to keep. Um, so yeah, I think I think we're going to be up there. I think we. I don't know. I don't think we'll win the league, but uh, I think I think we'll certainly be up there this year. Great stuff. Well, uh, obviously, before we go, uh, you can plug the disturbed district. Tell us a little bit about uh, what you're doing there and where people can find it. Uh, and if you're going to actually write some more blogs this season. <laughs> I know, I haven't wrote anything since January now. So, uh, so yeah, you can. I was going to say, you can find her on Twitter. Uh, you can find her on X now. Um, you can find her on Instagram as well. Every now and then, once in a blue moon, I'll write about Merthyr. Um, yeah. So I'll normally document about our afternoons watching Merthyr, away days and mad stories about how our bus didn't turn our our bus not our bus sorry our the players bus broke down on the way to uh Gosport on the first game of the season um so yeah it'll always be mad stories but it just depends on whether I'm sober enough to to write them after <laughs> a heavy weekend and uh, the longer I leave it the less likely I'll write anything but uh I'll obviously tweet now and then about the uh about obviously about the uh the club as well and uh yeah, and if anything doesn't happen this year, if we don't go up, if we don't get the playoffs, we've still got two of the best home and away kits in the Southern League. <laughs> <laughs> As always, um, Merthyr have nailed the kits once again. So yeah, like you said, regardless of what happens on the pitch, um, at least at least you've got that. <laughs> and that's uh, that's that's all I need for now. <laughs> exactly right. Well, thank you very much, uh, Lewis, and uh, we'll speak to you in May uh, hopefully after a good season uh, following the Martyrs perfect look forward to it thank you very much